Welcome to Far North Coker. This is episode 80, February 11, 2018. Your host, Mid Coker. Thank you all for listening. Today's guest, Lee Lloyd, International Church of Cannabis from Denver, Colorado. It's a great story of how this guest comes to us. It starts out as a thread by Carl Addington in the Fairbanks Cannabis Policy Group. This group is started just as a place to talk positive policy about cannabis. Let's get everyone talking. All the elected officials have been invited. Six have joined. It's a good start. Over 100 members got things going. One of the respected members of the cannabis community, Carl Addington, posts, Regarding public consumption, has anyone considered the possibility of a vape-only lounge? One isn't smoking, so secondhand smoke or smell is not a factor. Thought it might be a way to get our foot in the door. But I know the issue is much more complicated than that. There's still too much of a nimby attitude toward public consumption. Tara Huffine. What about private member clubs? Ah, private member clubs. The hired calling club. Marcus Moors, Megan Moors. Fairbanks misses you. Alaska misses you. One of the first pioneers on site consumption. You fought the man. Don't know what happened. Really? We miss you. One of the places hang out and toke and truly felt myself. The higher calling club down in cannabis history. Tara, I think if you were legalizing, you should be able to have clubs. My personal opinion is that is no different than bars for consuming alcohol. Only instead of buying cannabis, you bring your own for legality purpose. So Shauna Rockcomb, so who wants to help me open a church? Under 501, Cannabis Church might be a gray zone. Tara, I would be interested. So Shauna, I'll look into it. Seriously, would like to do it. Marilyn Berglund. Wasn't that tried in the Wasilla area in the past two years? Must have fallen through, though. So Shauna, I'll bring back research. The only church of cannabis I recall was in Ohio. Due to a congregation falling out, the community asked feds to intervene and was shut down, much like the reporting on these Facebook posts. It takes one donkey to spoil the efforts. I'll post what I can find. Shoshana, this is just a third of information necessary. I'm still researching. Congregation of Our Lady Mary? <laughs> Laugh out loud. It'll take three, two plus me, at least folks willing to sit and draw up simple bylaws to apply for the state permit. I looked into this almost a decade ago. Somewhere I have all the necessary papers. I'm fairly certain requirements have changed a tad. Tara, I'm sure they have changed some. But it's a great idea. Oh, and I love the proposed name. Shoshana. The Congregation of Higher Calling. Oh, yes. Shoshana. Non-traditional, non-denominational, open to all those who believe in higher power, being, etc. How does that sound? Denise Foote. I think religious establishments might be the way to go. Mariah Rose Dreaming Bear. I'd join this congregation. Denise one church could have a variety of official meeting places, right? Marilyn. That is food for thought. Could cut down on expenses. Mariah. Other religious communities use this type of meeting, some even home-based, or building shares. And then I finally find the International Church of Cannabis Elevation Ministries. Drop this post down. Do some research while this conversation is going on. Reach out to Lee Malloy of the International Church of Cannabis. He responds back almost immediately. 
They're two years ahead of us, guys. Whatever's happened to them now, two years from now, we are going to be facing. If a church gets opened up tomorrow, we are going to be facing what he is facing right now in Denver, Colorado. Charges against him. February 28th, trial starts. First Amendment issues here, folks. That is not cheap. You want to hear what Lee has to say from the International Church of Cannabis? Do you guys want to start one in Fairbanks? Let's hear what he has to say. Hello. Hi, Lee Malloy. Yes. Ah, welcome to Far North Tokers. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. I'm really vibrating here talking to you. Talking in a local Facebook group in our policy here in Fairbanks, Alaska. Uh-huh. We're talking about access to the medical community. Someone brings up, hey, why don't we look at starting a church? Uh-huh. I don't know much about that. People start talking back and forth and I look up um, Cannabis Church. You guys are the first ones to pop up. I reach out to you. You answer back. And here we are, very quick. Yeah. Well, yeah. We aim to please. So. I love that you're so responsive that that happened. You're, you're wanting to get your message out, and you, you're facing some really contemporary things right now. I'm very current. Exactly. What is it about us that made, us, made you think that uh, you know, we might be what you were looking for? What was it that the ideas that attracted you or what were the thoughts that you were having? Just the idea of being non-denominational, you know, non-denominational uh-huh. church. You guys are fighting, fighting policy right there in the state of Colorado. You are two, three years ahead of us there in Alaska. So whatever you guys are facing, what you're facing now, we're going to be facing in two years. Right. I'm looking at other states that are starting to come online. And they're facing the same issues we were two years ago. They're looking at on-site consumption and the idea that you guys have a church. You hit Google and that's the first picture you see, the inside of that beautiful artwork inside your church. Yeah. Yeah, we were very fortunate enough that we got the uh, Spanish artist Acuda San Miguel and we flew him over from uh, Madrid with his assistants. We got him to paint that. Uh, the chapel for us and he did it as a donation so we uh, it was uh, quite a beautiful gift really to the people of Denver I think yes you can go online and look at him I guess there's like a speeded up video you can watch him doing that all yeah, yeah so you can watch the time lapse yeah yeah so I'm speaking with Lee Malloy from the International Church of Cannabis in Denver Colorado medical cannabis has been a long time thing in Colorado correct uh yes several years yeah and then the rec market comes out two years. When did you get into Denver? When did it start to become this church idea? Uh, well, what, what was happening is that myself and uh, my business partners, we actually had a uh, cannabis-focused digital me- media business. We were living in Florida and we were working, uh, you know, trying to get legalization in Florida. So we were working on campaigns down there. Expected it to... Uh, get legal and it didn't you know it just didn't it it didn't pass so we decided that rather than continue there for years more 
we would go to Denver and see if we could find some uh, clients here in Denver because obviously there's a lot of already customers that are already working in the industry uh, that we could lend our skills to, you know. So we came here and my business partner, Steve, his parents have a, a real estate company and basically they had purchased, purchased this church uh, here in the in, uh, middle of Denver as a real estate investment, they had no idea what they were doing with it. They had to make a quick investment. They bought this place. And we so we were staying here in the church and then would sit here by the day, uh, you know, planning our business day and then smoking cannabis and uh, thinking, you know what we should do with this church? We should keep it as a church for people like us. And then that's how really it came about. So we were fortunate enough to have you know, a, a million plus dollar church to start with. So we had a good start there. You know, most people don't really have that. And then we were able to start forming the idea of what it was we wanted to do, how we could get everybody involved, you know, how we'd make it non-denominational and open to everybody and really represent the values that we had as individuals. Yes, I would say some of the most creative and greatest ideas have come up during those cannabis sessions. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Now be a patron Far North Tokers at patreon.com slash midtoker. Listeners supporting the artist financially for as little as $2 a month. You can steer the show through guest suggestions and reviews. Patreon helps continue new weekly shows. Let's me know Far North Tokers is important to you, and I can just keep on keeping it. Thank you. Special nod this week to Ramblin' Ranger and Peggy Peters for being my first patrons. Both have made guest requests, and we have connected with our first guest request by Peggy Peters, Rocky Brown of AK Precision. He's going to be joining us in the next few weeks. Light him up at patreon.com slash midtoker. So speaking of of the religion, Elevationist, I, I, yeah. I'm looking at that and to create the best version of yourself by way of the sacred plant. I uh-huh. love that idea of the best version of yourself, your your optimum potential. That's right. I mean, that's the only person you can be. You can only be the best version of you. There's no point you trying to be me or me trying to be like, you know, the Dalai Lama. We are who we are. So we can only be the best version of ourselves. And so I think that that gives a realistic goal for everybody to start with, you know, rather than trying to be perfect or trying to be something you can never obtain. The church opened up 420, 2016. We no, we we were here from about that time. Uh, We we opened officially and had a big, you know, a big sort of public launch uh, with media and that on 420 of 2017. Oh, 17. But, but the, we were here from a year before that, and uh, the place was painted, like the, the chapel roof was painted in uh, December 2016, and we were working on restorations of the building for a few months before that as well. You guys haven't even had your year anniversary yet, coming up on that. I guess your media launch date. Yeah, I mean, we've been around for longer than a year, but you know, in terms of being uh, out and proud to the public, not really. <laughs> How long has your church been in operation then? It's been about, at this stage, almost two years in terms of since we actually got going. Oh, that's great. 
when I think of a church, I, I'm thinking of a, a, a weekly sermon. Sure. And then I'm thinking of, you know, uh, Bible groups and uh -huh. they study different aspects. And then there's reach out groups and different kids organizations. We'll talk about kids later. Sure. What's the schedule there of your church? Well, I would say that you're, what you're imagining as a church is probably very similar to what we have going on here. You know, we have people uh, congregating together. We have a candle lighting ceremony for, uh, from which we, we then used to use to, uh, that candle to, to light the cannabis that we use during a, uh, we have a ritual for it. And then people can use cannabis throughout the ceremony. We'll then have someone speak and we have different people speaking. And we have a, we've had people from all kinds of cultural and religious backgrounds speaking. And it's very important to us that uh, we are open to all ideas and that nobody gets to sort of claim the ground of what this, what we stand for. What we stand for is an openness and inclusiveness of everybody to have the, the ability to reach the best potential. Right? So that doesn't mean only Christians or you know, only Buddhists or one group. It's everybody has that potential. So we say there is as many... Um, roads to elevationism as there are elevationists at the end of the day. Have you had any issues with certain religious groups coming in there and, just, and not causing problems, but just disagreeing and it getting heated and calm things down? Or is it all? No, I, I, would, I, would, I would think for the most part in terms of being here uh, in, in the chapel, the type of person it tends to attract, you know, here is somebody who's okay with smoking cannabis or the use of cannabis. So that usually means that, for the most part, people are a little bit calmer and a little bit more open than they might be otherwise. Online, yeah, sure, we've had a lot of, yeah, you know, some people getting quite upset and telling me I'm going to hell and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. You really have had a lot of, I guess, the exposure, the national exposure, and then just pulls out to certain types, huh? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, we at this stage, we've been featured on broadcast television and national newspapers on every continent on this planet that the people live on. So we've been all around the world. People know us. Uh, we're probably better known in other countries at this stage than we are here in Denver, So, which is weird. But yeah, but we get a lot of uh, interesting heat from people who may not be 100% in agreement. And, you know, there have been days when I've been... You know, there are days I wake up and I wonder, like, I wonder if someone's going to try and shoot me or, you know, something like that. And, you know, these thoughts go through because, you know, we, are, we do live in crazy times. Wow. Really? really? You, you've actually, have you had threats that way or you're just, just the natural feeling of how America is? Um, I would say just from the, just from the, the I'm not specific somebody telling me they were going to shoot me. But there's been one or two times where we've had concerns you know, on top of the just natural cultural malaise that we have. Yeah. That's too bad to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that you're public hours, so if I were to come down and visit you there in Denver, I could, I could come in Thursday to Sunday, 1 to 3? Correct. Is it open all other times to members? Um, not right now. 
opening hours. We have, you know, events that happen. We have our services every Friday evening. You know, and there are times that we're open. But, you know, we're, we're, we're basically, we can't be open all hours and staff the place at all times, you know. So we only have so much resources, but we do our best to be open for our members. So I did hear that you, you have a Friday service. Yes. And then you have certain events. Are they monthly events? What's the last event you had? I would think the last thing we had that wasn't a regularly scheduled Friday service would have been just before the holidays where we had some toys for tot drives and a couple of other craft fair type money raising things, whatever, stuff like that. Well, it's good to hear that you're involved in the community. Just Well, that's what it's about. I mean, that's part of what we're trying to do here. Part of like uh, the idea of being the best version of yourself like is very difficult. There's no point doing that if you're just going to live in a bubble. You know, you need to be out there in the community. You need to be out there being part of that community and, and trying to uh, do better for everybody. Yeah, I think um, Professor Nash's game theory. You ever seen the movie A Beautiful Mind? He's, he, he's, he's basically won the Nobel Prize for uh, some of his game theory. And part of that was the, the best version you know, the best outcome is when uh, you get the best uh, the best outcome for the individual and the group at the same time, right? So that's, I think, for me, that's kind of always what I'm trying to do, make sure as an individual I'm doing my best, I'm doing the best I can for myself, but also that means being part of a larger world, and so doing that best as well. So well said. It feels good to be that hermit and step away and be so introspective. But we're, we, we need other people. And cannabis is such a social experience. It lends itself to helping others. Yeah, exactly. And for, for, for us, I think what we found by ritually, the ritual use of cannabis especially is that idea of being able to break down and melt away the artificial borders that are placed there between us by our culture and our you know, traditions that we have which are all just like, you know, artificial. They're all programmed into us. They're not real. And so if we can break those away, we find ourselves to be part of a much bigger and more beautiful world. What does a ceremony look like? You're saying there's a ceremony at each Friday. Uh-huh. Friday sermon. Well, for the for, yeah, for the most part, I mean, we're, we try and keep everything as simple as possible. So the main ceremonial or ritual aspect is the lighting of a candle. We have a candle that we light, and we have uh, a prayer or a meditation. You might call it called. Uh, we call it the elevationist meditation that we say while lighting the candle. That's the main ritualistic a- aspect. And then people will come and they'll light, say, a joint from that candle. And then they'll pass that amongst themselves. So as people are here, then they start to naturally sort of like, you know, speak to one another, be part, you know, start to get to know each other. And that leads to us being able to arrange to do things like, you know, going out doing volunteer efforts together and stuff like that. So beautiful symbolism for for um, what happens the lighting the sharing of the the same flame and passing it around and i've always right. said cannabis is the best campfire right to sit around and tell stories you, you pass that around and you're all part of each other you have to be paying attention to the group to get the ja and pass it on 
it's a good experience being a part of a circle. Indeed. Does this ceremony, the lighting, happen at 420? Speaking no, of symbolism? No, it, it, it doesn't. Um, we, you know, we do light a candle at 420 sometimes or not. But the thing is, what does 420 mean? You know, 420 where? For you or for me? Right? We're for like mm -hmm. five hours apart, I think, right? So, two. You know, uh, is it only two hours apart? Okay. Well, so, okay, cool. But we're two hours apart. Right? <laughs> right. So we have a lot of different opportunities to say it's 420 in there. So, And also, although we have claimed the 420 thing for ourselves, and we, we were, because we were so close to the day anyway, we did our official opening on 420 last year, you know, because obviously it's just better for getting press and getting interest, you know? Mm -hmm. And... That kind of cultural appropriation is something that's part of our, you know, our world now. So, you know, we appropriated like regular cannabis culture and made it part of our church culture as well. You know, so it's all people. It's easy for stoners to remember 420 if you tell them that's the day, number. You know, so it, it is a holiday in the culture. Yes, indeed. So we already built that in there and that's part of our world. But, you know, I don't I don't. 420 it doesn't all have to be about 420 you know if, you know if somebody wants to ritually sit and meditate here and light a candle at a different time they're more than welcome to do so uh, great one thing that that really stuck out to me as i was watching some of the videos on uh -huh. you guys is you're as at a 420 session and it was a moment of silence for it uh -huh. without knowing you today i never would have thought of that idea of reflection normally if i'm with someone at 420 it's uh, you know, you're passing around, it's kind of happy you're together at that time. Oh, it's 420, happy. Right. If you're alone by yourself, you know someone out there is smoking with you, token away. Really appreciate your moment of silence for cannabis and reflection at that time. And I'm going to do it um, today at 420 for Great. you guys. And uh, um, Can you speak any more to that? I mean, what is that? The idea of, uh, of cannabis as a sacrament to be used in a, mo in a ritualistic way uh, maybe in a prayerful way, in a moment of reflection or meditation, uh, was important. I'd like, say let's let's start looking at it in that way. Like looking at cannabis as a, a tool we use in our lives, as our, our spiritual life, and our you know in the way that we uh, make ourselves better people. And so to actually ritualize that and so, and take a moment to to actually do it and say like we're going to do this every, every do it every day. You know, and then at this moment, take a moment to reflect, take a moment to think. And that's really all it is. It's very simple. Yes, that, that is what religion is. It's an organization of ritual and common beliefs. So as, as markets and states open up as legalization, there's this uh, talk of recreational versus medical. Uh -huh. and, and I've, I've been steered towards the Steve D'Angelo model of wellness. Uh-huh. And again, uh, talking to you today, I haven't quite grasped the idea of spiritual. Right. And that is, that's something completely be, my mind's being opened up today to understand that, I guess, within wellness is spiritual. Absolutely. And it goes back to, back to the religious and the. For, for me, for me a re religion, you know, is the way. We, we, it was our first try at organization. It was our first try at figuring out how we were going to make this, this life work, work without just murdering each other all the time. You know? So to move beyond that to a more, if you like, spiritual idea of where we're trying to find our better selves, you know, it's just the next step in our, 
spiritual evolution to use a, I'm not sure if that's the right word to use for this but I think it kind of is it, we are growing as a people and you know you'll see different uh, people like take lessons from other cultures as well you know and I think that's happening in our day-to-day lives all the time you know we see people doing things like yoga and meditation you know um, which yes, are the, you know come from other cultures bleeding over. yeah no, exactly definitely is bleeding over and there's no reason why it shouldn't now that 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 segues perfect into what I want to talk about next is this idea of the stoner stereotype. Yes. So some of our cannabis culture that has leaked over into common culture has not been a so so uh, good one. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing a, being beautiful, positive ambassadors for cannabis. How do how else do we try to attack that stoner stereotype? Well, I, I think we 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 are seeing it. And we will see it increasingly amongst uh, athletes. You know, I know some former NFL players, NBA players, who are becoming more and more uh, ambassadors for using cannabis. And so you got big, strong, you know, strapping guys who, you know, you can hardly call neither lazy nor unsuccessful, who are, you know, saying, no, this is this is good for me. This helps me in my life. And this is becoming a, more, a, a greater thing. And I think once when we see that, people like that, you know, famous and musicians, actors, people that can come out who and say that they're also using cannabis, you know, in a sensible and uh, a way, and not just abusing it all the time, we're going to see that it becomes less and less of an issue for people. Yes, coming out of the cannabis closet, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the main. You know, when, and we're seeing it. Like I said, we're seeing it increasingly. I think we're maybe a couple of years away from you know seeing law, uh, rules changed within some of the major sports organizations because you know these guys are coming in there, they get injured, they get hurt, they get sore, they want to sort of relax, they want to recuperate, and cannabis helps them. You know, and to be able to, and once we see that more and more stigma against it, will go away, and it already is going away. It's, at this stage, the uh, the cure that we're going to see for our uh, being tarred with this stoner idiot brush is just time will be the cure for it you know i just think in a few more years and we're going to be good positive examples like yourself doing bringing it let's hope so can you get married in your church yes nice have uh have you had one recently Uh, i think the last one was in november i hear a lot of can of tourism talking about cannabis weddings uh-huh. Was that similar to what someone could expect that happened there? A lot of, there was like a bar sitting there, the dab bar, and people passing joints, or was it much more low key spiritual? The weddings we have tend to be more like a low key church wedding, you know. Great. But you know the difference being that you know at the end people are more than well I'm welcome to share their their new bond with our joint. That's quite nice. Are there any other spaces other than that beautiful painted one that we see? In, in your church? Yeah, I mean, that's the main chapel. Uh, and then there's also a lounge space downstairs, like a, a fellowship lounge and gift shop sort of area. There's also a sort of pastor's quarters. And also, then there's a, a little outside garden space as well. Nice. What books do you recommend? What books do I recommend? Um, for what? What's the, what's, what, are we, what are we trying to achieve with these books? Anything? Or just generally? Yeah, good plan. Well, how about more on your the elevationist side, the idea of creating a, a better version of yourself? Yeah, I mean, 
Although I, 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 I like the, the process of having conversations with people and talking about what they're, what, what they're doing, what they're trying to achieve, what books they're reading, like part of the ethos that we have here is not, I don't want to be telling people what they should be doing. They need to be, it's an exploration. It's a discovery. You know, so you need to be on, it's a journey that we're on and we're all on our own individual journeys. Um, so I would say, if I would say read all the books, yeah, <laughs> nice. Re- read them all, read and read the Bible, you know, read the Gita, read the, uh, you know, the Quran, what it is, where it is you came from, because we're all part of that long history and we're, you know, every single one of us have from somewhere in the past and those people, you know, believed in these things and what, what is it that they were believing and how do we move forward from there? And that's kind of where I am, you know, so let's keep learning uh, and being open to new ideas and don't shut down anyone's ideas or say that this is the way it is uh, as opposed to another way because then you're causing like, you know, conflict and, you know, we want some peace and love here in this church, you know. I want to say I'm like an old hippie, but that's how it is. All right. It- I, I've always found that uh, ideas are best are received when you are ready for them. Yeah. So uh, one of my favorite books, uh, Illusions, I, I found that book. You know, it just kind of appears and then it disappears in my life and then it comes uh-huh. up again. And I've never owned the book, but I've read it a few times and it just keeps on being passed around. And I think kind of that's what you're talking about. When you're ready for some wisdom, it, it's available for you. There you go. How do people donate to your cause? How do people contribute? Uh, well, cash is always nice, but you can actually also donate online at our website. There's a secure way of donating there. But, you know, and then other people donate in time and effort, you know. Uh, yeah, time is a resource. Yeah, for sure. What recommendations do you have for us here in Fairbanks? There is no cannabis church now. Uh We've had a legal industry for coming up on two years. We've had a medical industry for 10, but there was no access. You Uh can throw it in the house. And we're starting to talk about maybe a possibility of a church. Right. What do you think? What should we do? Well, here's the thing that I've I've discovered. I think for people to take you very seriously, having, you know, a $1.2 million church and then painting it, with a world-class artist does give you a little bit of gravitas, right? People do take you a bit more seriously. You're not just messing around at that stage. No, you've entered onto the stage, not lightly. Yeah, exactly. And so that I think is quite not necessary. I don't know if it's necessary, but it's definitely, it definitely helped us a lot uh, to actually feel real and substantial and have a big solid footprint uh, in the world. Uh, so I don't know if that's a possibility for in Fairbanks, but you know, perhaps. Well, no, I guess, I guess the two alternatives you have complete out there where you're marketing yourself and trying to come out the best way you can or silence where it's been happening already. People joining together in their houses and yeah, like worshiping however they choose. Sure. Because I think like what you're going to, I don't know about there, but you know, I will be in uh, the courtroom uh, at the end of this month 
on the 28th uh, with a trial by jury uh, deciding on the the legality of what we're doing here. Uh, because even though cannabis is, is recreationally legal here in Colorado, it's not legal to, to use it in public and a church is considered to be a public place. So basically we're, we're, going, we're going to be up in in front of the courtroom again and they're going to decide whether or not we can keep doing this legally so i even there's no i have no answer i have no simple solution i have no like magic fix that you know makes it suddenly okay to do this thing i'm going to stay in constant touch with you lee because like i said you are two years ahead of us yeah. if we would start a church now we'd be sitting where you are now in two years being brought up on a jury trial what a beautiful thing, Lee, that you're being brought to a jury trial, jury nullification. Has has your jury been chosen yet? No. Wow. So when when is the trial? I'm gonna definitely be paying attention. Uh, it's on the 28th. Yeah, it's the last day. Is this having to do with the Clean Air Act? Uh, yeah, it's partly the Colorado Clean Indoor Air Act, and uh, also it's partly um, just uh, basically smoking cannabis in a public place is that are the two things they bring us up on so yes that's what we're dealing with that right now our cannabis control board is talking back and forth about on-site consumption uh, and denver you guys are really close to on-site consumption right yeah it's going to be a farce hopefully that just happens before things get too deep with you guys and it's just let go yeah i don't know this has been dragging on now for months for like months and months yeah, uh, several months, and uh, so I don't know what the city's trying to achieve, or whether they're going to let it go, or whether they're going to just keep trying to bleed us dry financially and through the by making us pay for lawyers or something. Yeah, who knows? So it's it's all a big it's all a big battle, but you know it's one uh, it's one worth having I think right now. No, it's not cheap to fight a constitutional issue. First Amendment rights. No, it's not cheap at all. So, do you have sponsors or top lawyers coming in to help you? Well, we had, we had, um, no, we have, we have a, a a a good lawyer, a very decent lawyer, and then we had another big sort of fancy uh, law firm that was interested in taking on our case that looked at what looked at our stuff and just basically said that our lawyer was doing fine and we were doing well. So that's where we're at right now. But uh, we've got to see what happens, whether what the jury says, you know, whether they uh, feel that the people of Colorado, when they voted for um, recreational cannabis use, had in mind that you wouldn't be allowed to do it in a church, you know, and maybe they need to change that. Uh, the thing about uh, jury nullification right there, you can sit your jury can just say, no, we don't believe this is a good law. Gone. And you guys are sent home. Well, we'll see. You know, I mean. It's just going to be, uh, yeah. It's it's a battle. We're gonna we're gonna keep fighting, and we're gonna see what's happening in the next couple of weeks. Kids and cannabis. Uh-huh. You have. Uh, no kids allowed. I see uh, no one under 21 is allowed right. in the church. So I guess right away you have, is that just during visiting hours or is that just absolutely no time, no kid under 21? Uh, actually, uh, if you're, if they're with their parents, 
they can come under 21 during public open hours, uh, which are non-consumption times. Yeah. So when we have it open for like between one and three on a Thursday, that's non-consumption. So you can't consume here. And then the kids can come in and they can see the art. We want to make that accessible to everybody. Yeah. Um, You've had to have stopped people from smoking when they come in during those times, right? Yes. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, that's going to be everyone's walking in. They want to. They don't quite understand what you're trying to do there, or sure. they're just really excited. And but for the most, for the most part, I would say that people are very understanding when I tell them, you know, that they can't actually smoke right now, and that they're they're good with it. They get it. You know, they can't smoke anywhere else, so they're not that upset about it. You know? uh, but uh, people are stupid. They just you want to take take advantage of something, you know. Yeah, just of course. Take a pic, take a selfie of it, you know, get a get a picture of them smoking a joint and somewhere. So why? Um, it's good to hear that kids can come in during that time. That that opens it up. That yeah. um, lessens the stigma. It's also good to hear that you're not allowing uh, kids during the consumption times to come in. No, not at all. I mean, uh, for for multiple reasons. One is that, you know, I think there, you know, there is a a law, obviously, right? right. Um, but also that as people, our brains are not fully developed until we're, you know, in, getting into our twenties. Uh, and I can, and there's an argument to be made for not using, uh, cannabis maybe as when your mind is still growing and developing. So, you know, we don't know exactly what that might do in the long term, And so maybe it's good enough to, for me, I think it's fine to let people, uh, uh, to say that well, you can't smoke weed here at that time, you know, during that, at that age. So you're a little bit older, and then you're more ready for it, and you're more ready to take on what it is you're trying to achieve. <laughs> yeah. Make your own decisions when you have those decisions to make. Are there outside meetings of the church, or just um, non-formal? Uh, no. Like you have your Friday sessions, and then are there like uh, meetup groups? Like yeah, there's, there's a, you know, there's, you know, there's, you know, some people are starting a choir, some oh, m- music people, you know, a band wants trying to start a band, you know, there's other groups uh, that are trying to, you know, get themselves established. Uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, so there, there is that, there are other things happening. Okay, last question, Lee. Sure. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? Isn't it 42? (laughs) I think that I've heard that before. Many millions of years ago, a race of hyper-intelligent, pan-dimensional beings got so fed up with the constant bickering about the meaning of life that they commissioned two of their brightest and best to design and build a stupendous supercomputer to calculate the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Oh, deep thoughts. We want you to tell us the answer. The answer to what? The answer to life, the universe, everything. We really like an answer. Something simple. Hmm, We have to think about that. Return to this place in exactly seven and a half million years. Is it finished? No, no, there's more. There's more. They go back. 
or seven and a half million years later. That's right. They do. Yes, but you're not going to like it. Doesn't matter, we must know it. All right. The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything is... simpler, of course, to have known what the actual question was. But it was the question. The ultimate question. Of everything. That's not a question. Only when you know the question will you know what the answer means. Give us the ultimate question, then. I can't. But there is one who can. A computer that will calculate the ultimate question. A computer of such infinite complexity that life itself will form part of its operational matrix. And you yourselves shall take on new, more primitive forms and go down into the computer to navigate its 10 million year program. I shall design this computer for you, and it shall be called... Yes, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, yes. Um, what is the meaning of life? I mean, I have no idea what the meaning of anybody else's life is, and I don't think it's my, my job to know. I think possibly... The meaning might be to find your own happiness and to do your best, you know, to do your best job of being a human and, you know, just have, enjoying your life. You've only got one shot at it, so make it count, you know, do something good with it. Thank you so much, Lee. It's, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. All right, take care now. Hey, hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's Token. Here's Token.